Hey guys, welcome back to Caffeine and Crime. We are back, season five. Um, I ended up taking quite a break um, in between seasons. I originally didn't plan to, but we literally were iced in our house. And while you may think, oh my god, that gives you so much time to get this done. No, I'm actually home most of the time regardless, but being iced in means everyone is home, which actually makes it a lot harder to get any type of recording done. So um, we're currently still all home. I'm trying to find the time to pre-record some episodes so that this season can start going out a little bit more smoothly. You guys will have some content from me um, because, I mean, it's been way too long. So as I am pre-recording this, I think you guys will be listening to it on Valentine's Day, which is perfect because this is my season five, of course, but I'm calling it Broken Hearts. And we're going to have a lot more than Broken Hearts. Like I've sneak peeked, we are going to have quite a bit of Black Widows and that type of cases. And since I mentioned it, I did just want to say a huge happy Valentine's Day to you guys, whether you're celebrating today or you are bitter about Valentine's Day. Um, I still hope either way you have a great Sunday and make the most of it. Thank you for all the love and support on the last season. It means so much to me. And if you're listening now, thank you so much for coming back and um, dealing with me and all of my delays. But we are here. And like I said, I am pre-recording. <laughs> um, but jumping into this, what you can see in most of my seasons on Caffeine and Crime are a lot of male um, killers. And even when I did my, and not all cases I have to say, but when I did my serial killer season, that's when it really dawned on me, like how many serial killers are male. And I ended up only doing one episode on a female during that whole 10 episode season. And that was Nanny Doss, which, oh my God, she would have been like the perfect person to talk about in this season being Black Widows. If you haven't checked out that episode of Nanny Doss, I highly suggest it. It was back in my serial killer season, which was season two. I might actually be able to find the episode for you guys. Yes, season two, episode five is Nanny Doss part one. There is, um, I believe, just two parts of Nanny Doss. Um, but she was quite the lady and that's when it really started dawning on me like how many seasons I've done where I definitely have had you know I've talked about Casey Anthony and I've talked about Brooke Skyler Richardson, Denise Williams. Um, I felt like there was kind of like an okay mixture in the like first season but going into serial killer season, there was literally only Nanny Doss because a lot of like the main serial killers are not, I don't want to say main, but like the ones that you hear about the most is the kind of the ones I wanted to discuss in that season. So most of them were just male. And then going forward, you know, I tried to make sure that I included, you know, some episodes with women. We of course have Lori Vallow and uh, Casey Anthony, um, that type of ordeal. And then I also threw in some cases, I think in season three, that involved like a male murderer, but there was also like a female accomplice. Um, 
And then as you know, going into spooky season, it was mainly haunted places. So if you did not check out last season and you like haunted things, um, spooky things, definitely check it out. I talked about 10 different haunted places and we had a good time. Um, but this season, I want to mainly focus on women killers and I mean, honestly, what makes them tick? Um, their reasonings behind it and Honestly, some of these are pretty freaking crazy, but this is also supposed to be the season of love. I wanted to put a twist on um, Valentine's Day and the season of love and make it a little bit darker. So we're going to be talking about some cases that don't, even though it may have started in love <laughs> or you think love is involved, it surely did not end that way. And with that being said, we're going to jump into our first episode, which is on Amy Archer Gilligan. And you may have heard of her before because she is known to have killed up to, I think, 48 people. And so bad that like her house, the home that she ran, was actually called the Murder Factory. Yeah. So who is Amy Archer Gilligan. Gilligan? Gil Gilligan? <laughs> um, well, she was born in 1873 as Amy Duggan. Her parents were James Duggan and Mary Kennedy in Milton, a suburb in Litchfield, Connecticut, the eighth of ten children. She was taught at the Milton School and went to the New Britain Normal School in 1890. Besides that, I can say we don't know much about her childhood. She got married to James Archer in 1896. And five years later, Newington widower John Seymour hired the couple as live-in caretakers. Only three years later, in 1904, um, John Seymour died. The archers remained in the home as renters who made a living caring for elderly boarders. They stayed in this home and they actually ran the house under the name of Sister Amy's Nursing Home for the Elderly, which sounds so damn trusting. And in 1907, the Seymour family sold the home and the archers moved to Windsor to open an archer home for aged people. The archers ran this home together until 1910, when James Archer died of kidney failure. By then, Amy Duggan Archer was a fixture in the local community. She was active in Windsor affairs and even donated a stained glass window to the local church. According to residents of the town, however, she seemed to purchase unnecessarily large quantities of arsenic to control a rat problem she claimed to have at the nursing home. In 1913, she remarried, and she married Michael Gilligan. Gilligan? I'm not sure how you pronounce it. But he died only three months into their marriage. And his death was just one of many that was going on at the home. Between 1907 and 1916, 60 residents died at the home and 48 of them in the prior five years alone. So in five years, 48 people in that home had died. One death, um, Franklin Andrews, seemed to raise some suspicion about 
Amy's operation. One day after working on the lawn around the house and appearing in perfect health, Franklin Andrews died. After going through his papers, Andrews' sister found information regarding a $500 loan to Amy Gilligan. So she contacted authorities. Although the district attorney initially showed little interest in the case, the Hartford Courant began an investigation that ultimately led to Amy's arrest in 1916. Now, Amy and her first husband, James, did have a daughter, Mary J. Archer. She was born in December of 1897. This is when they got their first job as caretakers. What is crazy about Amy's second husband, Michael, um, was that he was actually a widower. Um, he had four adult sons. He was reportedly very wealthy and interested in both Amy and investing into the Archer home. The official cause of death was pretty much severe indigestion. And because of his death, Amy was very, very secured financially. And in their short marriage, her new husband had drawn up a will, leaving her all his estate. Even after Franklin Andrews died, deaths continued to to like occur like they continued over and over again and Franklin's sister knowing that he was completely healthy and like was literally gardening his normal self and then just all of a sudden he dies and then she sees the continued deaths in this home is the reason why this was stopped in the first place with her just pushing on May 9th 1916 the first of several articles of the murder factory was published a few months later the police started seriously investigating the case. The investigation took almost a year to complete, but the results were interesting. The bodies of her husband and Franklin Andrews and three other boarders were exhumed. All five had died of poisoning, either by arsenic or stridinine. Local merchants were able to testify that Amy Archer Gilligan had been purchasing large quantities of arsenic supposedly to kill rats. A look into her husband's will helped establish it was actually a forgery written in Amy's handwriting. She was arrested and tried for the murder, originally on five counts. Ultimately, her lawyer managed to get the charges reduced to a single count, Franklin R. Andrews. And on June 18, 1917, a jury found her guilty and she was sentenced to death. She appealed and was granted a new trial in 1919. She pleaded insanity while Mary Archer testified that her mother was addicted to morphine. Her girl, her poor daughter. Amy was nonetheless found guilty of second-degree murder and was sentenced to life imprisonment. And in 1924, Amy Archer Gilligan was declared temporarily insane and was transferred to Connecticut Hospital for the Insane in Middletown, where she remained until her death on April 23rd, 1962. I can't believe they never had like the other murder pinned on her though um, for like her own husband's. And the sad part about it is like this case is so old that you can't even like find all of the victims in this case either. And all of these families who had their loved ones in her home and in her care and they were just dying and being that of age you know that they're like you know they're just really old we we knew they were gonna go you know soon and it's just so sad 
And even any research that I have done on her, I cannot find a list of victims or anybody to really talk about besides Franklin Andrews and her two husbands, which is, is just crazy. But these did take place pretty early on in the 19, yeah, 1907 through 1917. So a 10 year span of 60 deaths. 12 residents died between 1907 and 1910, but 48 residents died between 1911 and 1916. Insane. So because of this, she has, you know, like a lot of things, I feel like usually there's always a remake. And of course, there's books on this and um, something that I'm definitely interested in. You guys know me being the bookworm I am um, and checking out and maybe there's more about the other victims there. All the info I have found has been super vague on this lady. But it is just so crazy that this was actually turned into a comedy. There is a comedy called Arsenic and Old Lace. And it was actually like the idea was inspired by Amy Archer Gilligan. It says it's estimated that at least 20 people and some estimate as many as 100, including her husband's, died by her hand. Yet 20 years after her crimes were revealed, a playwright, Joseph Kesselring, would find it all terribly funny and a pen, a comedy designed to become a classic arsenic and old lace. In the play, it's about these two sisters, Abby and Martha Brewster. One, a darling lady in her 60s, and the other, a sweet elderly woman with Victorian charm. And the victims were aged men who lived in their, build in their boarding house. The quaint weapon of choice? Elderberry wine spiked with arsenic. Oh. And I mean, like, I get where, you know, the entertainment could happen and everything else. But just, like, knowing that it was, like, based off of, like, true events and turned into a comedy is honestly a little sick. But it was a very successful play that ran in broad on Broadway from 1939 until 1944. It is very crazy to think about when you think of nowadays crimes and even, like, the whole Lori Vallow thing her being in her 40s. But if you do like the math, Amy was only like 40s, 50s when this was going down. So even though she seemed like this older lady that took care of even elderly people, she still was quite young. I think it was just one of those things where I look at pictures of her and I'm like, like this picture of her is 1905. So she was literally like a little over 30. And it's crazy because like, she looks so much older. But I think it's always so much hard to like wrap your head around it when you see like these older people. And that's how I was with Nanny Doss. Um, this lady does look a lot more stern. You guys can check out pictures. Um, they'll be on the blog. I don't think there will be much with this case because it is such an old case. But I just thought it was so um, crazy. I definitely thought it was like a good um, icebreaker for this season. Um, but yeah, you can check out who Amy Archer Gilligan is but yeah it still reminds me so much of nanny doss because they got away with killing so many people for so long and like nanny doss was like this older lady always had this big smile on her face and it's just oh it's so crazy like you just never ex i guess suspect it or expect it from elderly people again she 
this lady is not that elderly, <laughs> being in her 30s or 40s. She just kind of looks it. Um, but it's just insane being somebody that would help out in the church and come to find out she literally had a murder factory going on in her house and was loaded with how many wills she inherited from all of these elderly people she was killing off. <laughs> and I don't know about you guys, but like when you listen to cases like this, are you automatically struck with like, oh my gosh, I wonder if this kind of stuff still happens today. Like, is there like these places and these small towns that have like these homes where they have these old people and they're just dropping left and right. Like, you know, sometimes you think that stuff like that may go on in nursing homes. Not always, but like, I don't know. I know that I know of some very sketchy nursing homes that I have seen in my days and the bad rep that some of them get. I'm like, oh, it's so crazy to think about what if it's like a type of home like this where it's like more secluded and it's like family owned, small, and you just never know what's going on. That may just be like the person in me that has seen like shows and movies though and reading cases like this, but oh, it still makes you think. It's it's very hard to trust or put your trust in anybody with people that you love, but yeah, it's insane. But let me know what you guys think about today's episode. I know we're ending a little weirdly. Again, there was just like not a lot of info to come off of from this one. Hopefully there's more with my next ones for you guys. But I really did think it was still worth mentioning because who doesn't like to hear about an older lady who has a murder factory going on in her home? You never know what's going on behind closed doors. Even the elderly people, you got to watch out for them. <laughs> But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope that you guys are excited for season five. We are here. It will continue to pour out. I promise. Um, I know that I keep taking these little much needed breaks, but I'm so excited to bring you guys more episodes of this season. And it still is a nice little change instead of going back to like regular seasons. We're kind of doing another theme season. So I hope you guys enjoy, but I can say I am a little rusty on actual true, true crime cases because like I mentioned earlier last season was um, spooky season with just haunted places so now I'm like jumping back into talking about crime and murders and you know like the full-on bits and pieces of it so give me some time to warm back up but I promise this will be a good season thank you so much for tuning in today I hope you guys have a great rest of your valentines if you're listening to it now or I hope you did have a really good valentine's day and make sure if at anything you love yourself and pamper yourself for Valentine's Day because, you know, you should be loving yourself too. Thank you guys for listening and I'll see you next week with Season 5, Episode 2.